Hello, this is Sailing Uncovered. I'm Alec Wilkinson with episode 24, in which there'll be plenty of this. Because we're going behind the scenes at the US Olympic Sailing Centre in Florida. There's also a competition. Yes, free stuff coming your way. And you don't even have to answer a question. So keep listening for that. First, though, it's over to Florida. And our guide is none other than Team Chief of US Sailing, Malcolm Page, who I caught up with uh, on a warm winter's afternoon in Miami. The Olympic team flag flying gently over the boat park and the glistening waters of Biscayne Bay just beyond. And because there's no point in pulling your punches, my first question was, why on earth would an Australian with two Olympic golds and multiple world titles want to coach a US sailing team that's only won three medals out of the last three Olympics? USA is still the most medal country in Olympic history, Olympic sailing history. 60 medals, I think it is. Correct, 60 medals exactly. And uh, Britain is currently sitting on 58. Uh, But over the last 20, or over the last five Olympic Games, um, Great Britain has been running at about a four to one ratio of medals compared to USA and uh, I think basically the USA has said that's enough they've got to stop that, uh, that stop that ratio and and obviously try to turn that around uh, so that that was uh, certainly um, I guess the mandate uh, that I got given when I came onto this role and actually being here in two for two years in this role it is it has all the elements in this country that can deliver that um, I guess the the, the major thing that we're missing uh, is is a systematic approach that can pull all that together. You now, as I say, the talent is here in this country. The the quantity of the talent is here in this country. Uh, resources are here in this com- country. Uh, when you think from a technology standpoint, which is so important for our sport, and also from a financial standpoint, it's it's the world's biggest economy. Uh, the the problem is now that we've got to uh, show that direction and leadership from you know, from a from a management standpoint, uh, that the that the I guess all those different components, companies, uh, uh, donors, uh, commercial uh, companies that will get behind and and obviously funnel it through, uh, and then which that means we can lead those talented athletes to uh, to success. So two years into the job, a year and a half to go to the Olympics. Uh, how's the team looking? Where, what's are you in a good place? Well, you know, if you asked me that question before the World Cup series in Miami, uh, I, I probably would have said we've got a lot of growing up to do. And by all means, we've still got a lot of growing up to do to, to, to get anywhere near dominant uh, that, that USA could be. Uh, but at the same time, I think we've made some great steps forward. We're still very under-resourced as a team. Uh, we're probably about a third of the budget from the Brit- British team. And, you know, as you go down the list and look at even countries the size of Australia and New Zealand, which are much smaller than America, they're way, way well more funded than, than America. Uh, but I think we're, we've certainly got a, an approach and a plan together now that, that, I, that will be successful uh, from a performance standpoint, as uh, long as we get those resources together now to, to I guess, make it happen. What are the things you've changed? What are you most proud of so far? Uh, the biggest thing for me at the moment is, um, I, I would say, re, uh, rebirthing or, or showing the current crop of athletes the history of this country. Um, I guess the easiest way for me to explain is when I grew up, uh, you know, getting into the sport of sailing in the early 80s and, and looking at America, 
they they were in every every facet of sailing they were they were in the mix if it was offshore ocean racing they were contenders if it was the america's cup well they were dominant <laughs> they were winning if it was olympic games they were they were certainly in the mix doesn't doesn't mean always they they won but they certainly were there fighting for those medals and that to me showed the potential of this country uh, growing up i knew that uh, but this current crop of athletes a little bit younger than me <laughs> and they probably don't remember those days uh, but so bringing that back to the surface i think is one of the biggest biggest things i've seen so far and, and to me that's Create the, created this cultural shift and belief within the athletes and a unity within within the athletes that they're fighting under that one flag and and, and it's almost arm in arm as they go into battle. Well, the sailors have, have just been out training on, on the water here on Biscayne Bay and they're clearing up around us now and packing away their, their kit. But they, one of the things that's happened recently is the refurbishment of this sailing centre here in Miami. Um, and I've noticed on the walls you've got you know, part of the history, you've got the plaques, the names of past Olympians and past Olympic champions. Um, uh, and as, how important, you know, is the, uh, the center here? And of course, you've got a brand new one in California as well. When, when the athletes can go and touch and feel something, it's real, it's real. And that, that was one of the beautiful things that we, we uh, I guess, got a hold of. And, you know, thank you to an amazing donor, uh, James Ding Schoonmaker, who, who made that possible down here at the US Sailing Centre in Miami. Uh, but we've got a hold of uh, two rooms down here now. Uh, they've been refurbished to create a locker room. There is, you know, five quotes on the wall from Olympic medalists. And that inspires these guys every day. They come in, they look at that, they look at those quotes and uh, and know they've got to grit their teeth and go a little bit harder. Because you know, there's nothing worse when you come in and from a bad day and think, oh, why am I doing this? And you start to lose a little bit of confidence and and how am I, how am I going to get back? How am I going to realise my dream? And some of those quotes are just remind them that those legends have done it before them. So, uh, you know, they can stand a little bit taller and know that they've got that that um, cheer squad behind them and, and, and keep going. I actually saw uh, a young uh, a young Optimus sailor that just got second in the Optimus well, Stephen Baker. I saw him here a couple of days ago looking at the honour wall and going, oh, you know, and I, I turned to him, I'd never met the guy, I knew his name. I said to him, you know, are you, do you want to get your name up? He goes, oh, I'd love to do that. This is so cool, you know, and you know, he's, going to be, he's going to be a person of 10 years or 15 years' time that will grow up to be representing this Olympic team, and uh, that's, that's the inspiration you've got to, got to make these guys realise. Okay, well, if you want to have a, a look around the centre, we'll um, have a video in, on, on our YouTube and Facebook channel as well. We'll take you around the centre. You can have a look at that. Um, so let's talk practical terms now. Um, what are the steps that they're following uh, for the next 18 months on their on the road to Tokyo 2020? From a big picture standpoint, there's a few major steps that the athletes need to go through. Currently, USA and has qualified in three of the ten classes so we're still going to qualify in seven seven uh, other events the first major step in that sense will be uh, a lot of them will happen at the Pan American Games uh, which is going to be held in Peru in very early August uh, so a lot of those classes have to go down there put on their A game and qualify USA to the Olympic Games and that'll be through the continental uh, qualification spot uh, of course, they can then roll on to the 2019 Class World Championships as a backup and do it through that uh, form as well. Uh, once they get that out of the way, that means there's an Olympic trials in place and 
Uh, we've already published our trials and all the athletes are aware of it. So then they'll step on to, and majority will qualify through, um, it'll be combined score between the 2019 Worlds and the 2020 World Championships. And once that is done, then obviously then they roll onto the Olympic Games. So that's sort of the next 18 months from a, from a schedule standpoint. But each individual boat and team will be focusing on the skill development between now and then. And then they'll go to Europe uh, for the early or spring to early summer uh, phase to, to do those measurement points again. A lot of the classes will head to the Southern Hemisphere uh, for uh, for Christmas time next year for many of them for the World Championships. A major step again along, along the journey. Now some nations go out to Tokyo quite a long time uh, and we're talking years before the actual games. Are there plans to do that? All our team has already visited Japan, many of them a couple of times. It is very important to go to the venue, to, to feel the venue. I guess feel the waves, feel the wind, feel what, what, what it's like to be sailing in that venue is extremely important. And also, going to Asia, uh, it's very important to get yourself familiar with the place, understand what the accommodation is going to be like. How do I eat? Uh, some some of our athletes, you know, obviously are trying to put weight on or lose weight. How can they manage that with a different dietary offer that's that would happen in Asia? So, it, it, are you planning to go out there then and, and move the campaign to Japan, or, or are you based? in the US? Um, I would say a majority of our training won't be centred around Japan because we're, I guess we've already been there and, and felt the water and seen what it's like. Uh, to me it's more important for them to build the skills and get themselves prepared. Good sailors can turn up and if they've got the skills they can be adaptive and deliver on the day. So by all means they'll be certainly going back there this year for test events and World Cups but it's not as if we're putting in, I would say, extra effort on time on the ground there. They've seen enough for now and there's enough plan between now and the Games to, to um, fill that gap that, that's required. Who are the names for us to look out for then? <laughs> yeah, the, the million dollar question. question. But to me, the... Uh, are you going to avoid it? Uh, <laughs> I, well, I'm going to answer it this way. So, um, I so take it or leave it. This is the answer. <laughs> we've got, to me, we've got three strong, strong classes in in the US. Uh, so what I would classify as middle chances. Uh, we've got the laser radial uh, with Paige Rayleigh and Erica Reinecke. Paige Rayleigh is a two-time Olympian, uh, one of the most decorated world championship level uh, radial sailors, and she's got a lot to prove. You know, been to two Olympic games, but haven't got that Olympic medal. So she's fighting hard to do that. Erica Reinecke is a star that's you know just starting to pop through now young gun um, college sailor of the year in the US you know Rolex yachts woman of the year and and really starting to show her worth a top 10 player the whole time and they're working tight and they're working together you look at the Finn class we've got Kayla Payne the bronze medalist from Rio games with a young gun Luke Mueller coming through and again they're working under Luther Carpenter the most decorated uh, Olympic sailing coach in the US uh, and, and, and sharing everything together and growing up together. So to me, there's a good medal chance there as well. And of course, the 470 men in, in uh, Stu McNay and Dave Hughes, they are seasoned veterans. This will be Stu's fourth Olympic Games if he qualifies, but they're always in the top 10, just shy of the, of the podium at major events, but always in the top 10. So how do we just dial them up a little to make sure they get on the podium? So to me, they're the three strong medal chances. But then you look at a couple of underliers that they're not far from getting into that category. You know, the 49er FX, 
the laser, probably the most competitive class that's out there. We've got a couple of contenders that are, you know, just starting to work their way into the top ten. And you know, if they can keep that progression, who knows what might happen in the next 18 months? And to me, also the the NACRA 17 class. Now that is. Um, with it going foiling, it's almost a rebirth for the class. And I don't think the, um, let's say, the ranking list or the established players have really known yet. So 2019 will be a year to see who who are the major contenders and who should be the major medal winners. So uh, hopefully uh, USA can grow up in, in this year and uh, get themselves into that category. There you go. You did answer the question. You name names. Good stuff. Now, for those of us watching, you know, from the outside, uh, Tokyo is, well, a year and a half away. That seems an awful long time. But for the guys and, and women out on the water, uh, it's it's getting closer and closer really quickly. How, how important are the next 18 months? Can you, can you sum it up? Well, to me, time is the most important commodity we have in in. in in Olympic campaigning. Uh, it's it's the one that we can't control. It's the one that we know from one Olympic Games to the next. So we know exactly how many days are between now and the now and the games. And of course even the athletes break it down to smaller chunks. How many how many days between now and the Olympic trials are concluded or when I qualify the country or whatever those steps are. So to me 2019 is the year if they want to be an Olympic medalist, they have to start to prove to the rest of the world that they are going to be a medalist. So 2019 is the year where they've got to start to prove to the rest of the world that their their podium podium finishes at major events. Uh, it doesn't mean uh, you know it has to happen early in 2019, but certainly by the end of 2019 they have to prove to the rest of the world that they're capable of doing it. You can't go to Olympic Games and and just by chance or by luck uh, get a medal. Not it doesn't happen often. Of course it does happen, but not very often. So uh, if they want to be you know in the mix and fighting for those medals, you know, this is the year to start to deliver it. You seem really fired up. You seem really optimistic. Is that, is that a fair summing up of how you feel? Without a doubt. Um, like I said, America has has infinite potential. It has got all the components. Uh, you know, I, I guess the our funding is probably that last piece of the puzzle that we need to sort out and get organised. So where does that money need to come from? Yeah, good question. <laughs> if I knew that exact answer, we'd have it already by now. Uh, but I think it's going to have to come from multitude of uh, different areas. Uh, we're very fortunate in the sport of sailing that we have some amazing donors, and and of course many potential more donors that can that can help help the team. Part of the things that we need to now prove to them and show to them uh, is what we're trying to build and the leadership that we're bringing to these young, talented athletes, because they want to make sure their investment goes in the right direction. Uh, sport is sport, and we know you can't always win, but we want to make sure we get the average up. And I think with that results and, and good work, uh, of course, uh, you know, commercial will uh, open up as well. We're really fortunate that the US Olympic Committee is already, um, I think, big believers in our plan and what we're trying to achieve. but. Uh, they're like they're like uh, the US sailing team at the moment. They are underfunded and that they can do only what they can do. Um, but they are certainly working with us uh, on that already. Uh, well, the very best of luck. Time's running out. Appreciate it, Alec. <laughs> this is good fun. I love I love I love this competitive stuff. And um, do, do you miss? Do, do you ever just jump off the coach boat and into the into the sailboat and go? For goodness sake, I'll show you how to do it. Uh, very rarely these days. Certainly that happened a, a lot more when I was a few years younger. Um, but I think, as I say, this is the second best job I could ever do in my life. Number one is being an athlete, and, this, and, and I guess guiding the next generation is the second best thing I could ever do. Great. Thanks, Malcolm. Thank you, Alec.
Right, two reasons now to go to our Facebook page. Uh, first of all, there's a, a great little video of us going behind the scenes inside the US Sailing Centre and we find out what an Olympic sailor keeps in her locker. And if that's not good enough reason to join, then there's also a chance to win free stuff. We have produced some of the coolest, finest, most attractive mugs in the world. Is mug a, a British word? Do we all understand what I'm talking about? A cup, a beaker, a drinking vessel, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they are so versatile, you don't just have to drink tea from them. They hold coffee, you can drink milk from them, hot chocolate and even water. If you want one, it's really simple. Subscribe to the podcast, which I suspect you've already done, uh, which means all you've got to do is either go to our Sailing Uncovered Facebook page and follow us, or go to our Twitter account and follow us. So whether you're an FB person or a Twitter person, uh, just do one of those things and we will draw out a winner before the end of April 2019. Well, that's it for this episode. Next month, a sailing boat crewed by young women on a desperate voyage to save mankind. And if that doesn't get you tuning in, well, nothing will. We'll see you then. From me, Alec Wilkinson, it's goodbye.